0: So welcome back, and we continue our exploration of uh, our interview with uh, Prabhava. So uh, as, as you saw his perfect chanting of the Vedic Sukta from Krishna Yajurved, uh, it is natural for us to assume that he was born and brought up in India where he learned this chanting, uh, but uh, as, as we see, he's actually was born and brought up in US. He's a second generation Indian American and so uh, how did he learn all this and what is the journey that he went through to be able to be so, so erudite, not only in the understanding of uh, the uh, scriptures, but also in being able to pronounce this well. And perhaps some of you might want to replicate that with your your children who are born and brought up here. So let's ask uh, Prabhu for his opinion on that.
1: Uh, thanks, Dr. Trivedi. I think it comes down to a combination of several factors. Of course, um, having a natural interest or curiosity is really important and sustaining any type of learning. So that is a for sure something that uh, both from a chanting perspective, as well as from a, a philosophy or Vedanta perspective, that interest is always something that has been there for me. But uh, in addition to that, I think also a family environment and exposure uh, from a young age, I think is critical. I think that um, when it comes to things like pronunciation, um, it's possible for anybody, it's just a matter of being exposed at the right age, because at a, at a young age, uh, when you're still learning um, uh, to kind of formulate uh, language, you, you have this kind of affinity to not just pick up things, you have a better memory, I mean, your tongue can kind of twist in all sorts of different ways. So it's, it's really easy and much easier at, at young ages um, to not just memorize uh, uh, text, but also to be able to kind of secure, to be able to mimic um, uh, pronunciations that you hear. Um, all children, you know, toddlers, um, when they learn to speak, uh, it, it's really initially done through mimicry. It's, it's they're just repeating what they've heard. And I think that actually a lot of um, uh, stotras or suktas that I I learned, um, it was the same way. It was uh, through a a kind of osmosis almost. It was that in my family, uh, we would just have um, uh, these types of suktas or stotras just kind of on background and repeat. Like, um, so in the house, they might be playing on a CD in the background or in the car, you know, on tape cassettes or, or CDs. They were always in the car, Uh, so you know when driving to school, or you know if uh, my parents were taking me to you know uh, any kind of extracurricular activity, or we're going anywhere, uh, it would be something that would be playing uh, uh, some uh, some uh, CD of suktas or stotras. So just kind of hearing it constantly in the background throughout it gives you that exposure, and I think if that exposure happens at your early enough age, then you pick up the the pronunciation uh, very easily. Um, of course it, it, it exists in my, in my family, um, you know, uh, from my family background perspective, um, uh, on my father's side, um, uh, my, uh, you know, uh, grandparents generation and above, um, they studied in, in, uh, in Gurukulam. they studied uh, in the Veda Parashala. Um, so I, I, come from a family where, um, they were, uh, Rubh-Veda scholars, um, Uh, on my father's side but um, I think that you know in my case it is not about being in a gurukulam or or having a particular teacher, it really is just about being in an environment where you have that exposure um, and you are listening to it from a young age.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Now can you tell us about your view on the role of questioning or doubt in learning particularly in the context of uh, our scriptures? As I understand, Hinduism, in fact, fosters rather than stifles such curiosity. So, can you t- tell us about that a little bit more?
1: Yeah. So, I think that in my personal journey, um, that is, you know, still very much ongoing, in uh, in, in uh discovering um, uh, Dharma, my own Dharma, um, and and learning more about uh, Hinduism. What really put me on the path that I ended up on is the fact that, you know, at a young age, uh, it is very natural for all kids to ask questions. I mean, this is one of the most stereotypical uh, aspects of child behavior, right? That we, that um, everyone is familiar with, right? So it's, it's something that is almost a, um, a joke uh, or, uh, you know, it's considered to be kind of annoying that, you know, kids will always ask why um, you know, not just, not just why, is, why is the sky blue or, um, or uh, um, you know, why is the grass green, but if you tell them to do something, they'll say why. And if you give an answer, then they'll follow with why. And at some point, it is very typical for a parent to reach the end of the rope, either in their patience or in their understanding even. At some point, you will naturally get to a question where you don't know the answer to the next why that, that follows. And I think that how, uh, as a parent, or as you know, um, elders or role models, you handle those moments in childhood with uh, people asking questions can really uh, shape somebody's relationship with being curious uh, about uh, any topic, but especially when it comes to something like religion. Hinduism, in particular, Vedanta, etc. So I think that, especially because Hinduism is a like all religions, Hinduism has um, you know uh, so many ritualistic elements. Um, So there are many aspects of of you know the way that Hinduism is practiced in daily life that uh, you know appear um, you know symbolic or mysterious or where the significance or the meaning is not immediately apparent right it is it is something that is uh that has to be uh unfolded or discovered um and even from um not just a ritual standpoint but even just from the standpoint of the texts and from the standpoint of what is chanted oftentimes they're they're in sanskrit and so they're not immediately um Intelligible to people, and so naturally, there's a lot of questioning around: Why are we doing this? What does this mean? Why do we do this? And I think that, oftentimes, you know, in my experience, um, I have seen with so many other uh, families and in other kind of learning environments, um, that curiosity be stifled, and um, people kind of be Uh, reprimanded for kind of asking too many questions and I think that that can really turn people away from from Hinduism because I think that um, not just with Hinduism but I think with any religion really um, oftentimes the people who become the kind of saints in that in that tradition become these important figures reformers um, the people that you know in Hinduism you know like Shankaracharya or um, Vivekananda or um, these kind of really significant transcendent figures, oftentimes these types of figures struggle with some kind of ex- uh, period of of doubt or you know uh, depression or um, anxiety or some kind of existential crisis, right? Crisis of faith or crisis in their life, something that causes them to really investigate uh, and really question um, the world, question themselves, and usually it is out of that kind of crucible, it's out of that experience that the really rock-solid faith comes from, or that clear vision or understanding, that kind of clarity that um, a lot of great saints have comes from Diving deeply into something, and when we oftentimes think about um, the way that Hinduism is taught to, to children, I think that when we talk about um, uh, not just the idea of rote memorization, but the idea of um, you know, don't ask too many questions, or um, uh, you know, uh, oftentimes questions can be perceived as being um, you know insulting, or there there is this assumption that. A question might be, you know, asked because it's um, intended to you know, demean the, the tradition or demean what is being doing, what is being uh, recited or done or practiced. And, you know, maybe in some contexts that is what's going on, but oftentimes it is coming from a place of genuine ignorance or genuine curiosity. And sometimes the Uh, pushback against those questions come from uh, the idea that a parent or a teacher simply might not know the answer. And I think in a situation like that, being able to simply say that they don't know, um, or direct them to another source where they can get that answer is a much healthier way of of handling those questions. And I think in, in my childhood, I think the fact that my parents really encouraged questions and uh allowed me to really challenge things and doubt things and when i asked questions that they didn't know the answers to you know they would tell me that they didn't know they would write them down and then you know oftentimes uh if somebody else came to visit there might be someone who is more learned that would come to our house for dinner or there might be um uh, uh a swami that came to town um for a visit and we might go um to an event like that you know my dad would come back and and, and uh and, and and pull pull my list of questions and uh give me an opportunity to ask that question or ask himself that type of question or put me in a position where i could get an answer from someone more learned so i think that um that experience in childhood i think was really foundational for me to be able to um i think stick with Religion and stick with Hinduism and continue to um, explore uh, the religious tradition um, further. Beautiful,
0: yeah, beautiful. And so that uh, notion that parents uh, need to uh, learn themselves uh, or ask the right authorities, right swamis, etc., when the questions are asked by children that they don't know the answer to, but also. As, as uh, we understand, in Vedanta, actually, uh, most of the scriptures are dialogues, right? Questions and answers, the disciple, whether Bhagavad Gita or many of the Upanishads. So, questioning is very much welcome in at least Vedantic literature. And in fact, uh, if I'm not, uh, uh, if I, in 18th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, at the end of all the uh, beautiful teaching, Krishna says to Arjun that I have taught you uh, all the all the great uh, stuff that i can teach you now any any given situation you think about it and act as you choose to act so this independence of thinking uh, is is very much encouraged and i think uh, it may be time to take another break uh, so uh, go, don't go away. we'll be right back this is one of the rare occasions that this will be three part uh, interview rather than two part So uh, hang on there, okay?